On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. You've likely heard it said that there are five stages of grief that commonly visit everyone when they're faced with loss of a loved one. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. You may find yourself in a state of grief or quote grief due to job loss, divorce, or as a result of any fractured relationship. You may be suffering from sickness and illness or be bowed low due to the weight of life. Perhaps you're feeling depressed and anxious, isolated, fearful, and out of sorts as a result of our world's reaction to the pandemic of COVID-19. Although processing grief is unique to each individual, today's episode offers immense hope and encouragement to that suffering child of God, no matter the root of the suffering. For every stage of grief we experience, we choose to believe that God is our helper. You know, as I was preparing for this episode, I thought about several of our previous episodes. I think about episode two, and that was called Make Your Own Birthday Cake. I lovingly remember my grandmother who lost six of her 10 children and two husbands to death in her lifetime. We could say that she was certainly well acquainted with sorrow, yet her life bore testimony of great joy in the Lord and the strength to persevere. I also thought about episode 39 called Donating the the Gift of Life with Lisa Prather. Yes, there's Rico. He hasn't made the show in a while, I think, but there he is. I think a school bus is going by or something. He's my little watchdog. But episode 39 was called Donating the Gift of Life with Lisa Prather, where she chatted about the tragic death of her sister and the family's decision to donate her organs. You might also remember or want to go back and enjoy this episode. It was 41 called Love, Loss, and Life in the Aftermath. And that was where Brian C. Taylor shared his nail-biting journey of losing his wife in her early 20s due to breast cancer. Now, Brian adds a few stages to those traditional stages of grief, and he also candidly refutes the notion that, quote, time heals all wounds. And then finally, we also had grief recovery expert Mariana Rogers back in episode 19, which was called Got the Blues or Feeling Blah? And Mariana walked us through the ways to process our suffering, especially when we were feeling depressed. Well, today is a tad different, as I wanted to highlight a particular commentator who focuses on the transformation of sorrow to joy. His studies led him to believe that joy isn't disguised as sorrow, but rather sorrow turns to or transforms into joy if we allow it to. Accepting sorrow as a part of life but allowing God to be our focus and strength, trusting Him and believing that joy always has the final say is the key to finding joy now and forever. 
But before we dive in, I know that you or someone you know or love is experiencing deep sorrow at this very moment, maybe walking through a trial or a hardship or just feeling a bit lifeless. Would you consider sharing this episode with that person? Perhaps you can be the torchbearer for them and help to lighten their load of grief and sorrow. You can check out the show notes for the citation from McLaren's exposition, his sermon called The Two Guests, where he's talking about joy and sorrow. I'll also put in the show notes the links to the previous episodes that I just mentioned. And finally, if you didn't know, I also have a whole lot of fun creating t-shirts that are themed for each of the podcast episodes. And I've got quite a few about joy. I have I Choose Joy Today, The Joy of the Lord is My Strength. Here I am over here just choosing joy. And I also have a couple about hope. So you can check out those links. Look look at the shirts and all of this too is in the show notes. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Choose to Think podcast. Listen, I'm so very grateful that you're here, that you take time out of your busy day just to drop by and that you're allowing me the privilege to enter your life and maybe to offer some encouragement and send that your way. So I'm so delighted that you're continuing to tune in and it's so supportive of my ministry and what I'm trying to do and I really, really do appreciate it. So today we're going to take a bit of a look at Psalm 30. Alexander McLaren is one of my favorite Bible expositors. An expositor exposes key principles, takeaways, and applications from Bible verses. Now, Alexander McLaren was Scottish, and he was born in 1826, and he died, I think he was about 84 or so when he died. But I especially love how he seems to speak in ways that are really easy for me to understand. Sometimes in my Bible research, you know, I'm writing my devotional, Choose to Think, Live Your Best Thought Life, 365, and that devotional requires a good deal of research and sometimes I I dig a little bit deeper into Greek and Hebrew but I also like to look at what some of the older common commentators have to say about particular passages and I've always been so impressed by McLaren and partly because he speaks in a way that I get it and it seems though he wrote centuries ago I understand what he's saying, and it seems so applicable even to today's world, and it draws me in, and I really gravitate to to just, I think, I wonder what he has to say about this. He actually loved poetry, and you can see how sometimes he uses imagery and symbolism and so forth. It, it comes across in his writing and in his sermons. About Psalm 30, it's verse 5, and verse 5 reads like this, For his anger endureth but a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. That must be the KJV version that McLaren liked to use, but that's the one I'm focusing right now because that particular verse, it packs a huge punch of inspiration and hope. And I often like to give messages here and teachings that 
point back to Christ and how he is the author of our hope and how he wants us to live our lives full of hope and joy. And But let's see if we can figure that out kind of in practical ways. Now, McLaren, I'm just going to read a part of his actual sermon and the exposition that he wrote about Psalm 30, verse 5. But you need to know, because I'm jumping in kind of midway, that he says he makes three principal points about verse 5. And he says, the first one is the proportion of joy and sorrow in an ordinary life. That one was interesting to read. The second point he made was the inclusion of the moment in the life. And then the last one that I'm focusing on here is the conversion of the sorrow into joy. Verse In, in verse 5, I really love the contrast that were there. You've got anger and favor, weeping and joy, night and day, those opposites. And that's, that's one of the things that got me thinking about what McLaren might have to say about this. And I'd like to read his lengthy exposition on this particular section of about verse 5 in Psalm 30, because I think it will bring such encouragement to you, especially if you are wounded, grieving, or you're feeling lost and alone. In just a few paragraphs, McLaren offers the mindset of Christ to us, to all of us who are experiencing that you know, suffering really, and but always sprinkled with joy. And I want you to listen to this picture that McLaren paints, and I'm quoting now. There are two figures presented before us, one dark robed and one bright garmented. The one is the guest of the night, the other is the guest of the morning. The verb, which occurs in the first clause of the second half of my text, is not repeated in the second. And so the words may be taken in two ways. They may either express how joy, that's a capital J, the morning guest comes and turns out the evening visitant, or they may suggest how we took sorrow, capital S, in when the night fell, to sit by the fireside, but when morning dawned, who is this sitting in her place, smiling as we look at her? It is sorrow transfigured, and her name is changed into joy, capital J. Either the substitution or the transformation may be supposed to be in the psalmist's mind. Both are true. And I really love this particular sentence. Listen to this. He says, no human heart however wounded, continues always to bleed. No human heart, however wounded, continues always to bleed. Some gracious vegetation creeps over the wildest ruin. The roughest edges are smoothed by time. Vitality asserts itself. Other interests have a right to be entertained and are entertained. The recuperative powers come into play, and the pang departs, and poignancy is softened. The cutting edge gets blunt on even poisoned spears by the gracious influences of time. The nightly guest sorrow slips away, and ere we know, another sits in her place. Some of us try to fight against that merciful process and seem to think that it is a merit to continue by half artificial means the first moment of pain and that it is treason to some dear remembrances to let life have its way and today have its rights 
that is to set ourselves against the dealings of God and to refuse to forgive him for what his love has done for us. And this is me talking now, but do you, do you know what he's saying there, right? He says, sometimes we cling to that pain. We cling to that grief and, and we just are so hesitant to let it go. You know, it's the wife whose husband died when she was in her 40s and she can't quite move on with her life. Or it's that maybe the, the, the spouse was older and the spouse remaining living just shuts down because he can't go on with such grief. And they, they start thinking that if I do go on, it's an affront to the person or I somehow lose the remembrance and the love I had with that person. And, and I, their life becomes somehow meaningless and not as valued. And McLaren kind of turns that on its head, that whole notion, and encourages us to move on even against the grief and to accept the joy that is there for us. Now, let me keep reading. But the other thought seems to me to be even more beautiful and probably to be what was in the psalmist's mind. The transformation of the evil, sorrow itself, into the radiant form of joy. A prince in rags comes to a poor man's hovel, is hospitably received in the darkness, and being received and welcomed in the morning, slips off his rags and appears as he is. Sorrow is joy disguised. If it be accepted, if the will submit, if the heart let itself be untwined, then its tendrils may be, co- may be coiled closer round the heart of God. Then the transformation is sure to come and joy will dawn on those who have done rightly, that is submissively and thankfully by their sorrows. Check that out too. This is me again talking, but you see what he's saying here, the submissiveness in our hearts to God and his way and what he's allowed to allowed to happen in our lives. And then coupled with feeling grateful and thankful, give thanks in everything God tells us. Okay, let me continue. It will not be a joy like what the world calls joy, loud voice, boisterous, ringing with idiot laughter, but it will be pure and deep and sacred and permanent. A white lily is fairer than a flaunting peony, and the joy into which sorrow accepted turns is pure and refining and good. So brethren, remember that the richest vintages are grown on the rough slopes of the volcano, and lovely flowers blow at the glacier's edge, and all our troubles, big and little, may be converted into gladnesses if we accept them as God meant them. Only they must be so accepted if they are to be thus changed. But there may be some hearts recoiling from much that I have said in this sermon and thinking to themselves, ah, there are two kinds of sorrows. There are those that can be cured, and there are those that cannot. What have you got to say to me who have to bleed from an immedicable wound till the end of my life? Well, I have to say this. Look beyond earth's dim dawns to that morning when the sun of righteousness shall arise to them that love his name with healing in his wings. 
If we have to carry a load on an aching back till the end, be sure that when the night, which is far spent, is over, and the day, which is at hand, hath broken, every raindrop will be turned into a flashing rainbow when it is smitten by the level light, and every sorrow rightly born be represented by a special and particular joy. Only, brother, if a life is to be spent in his favor, it must be spent in his fear. And if our cares and troubles and sorrows and losses are to be transfigured hereafter, then we must keep very near Jesus Christ, who has promised to us that his joy will remain with us and that our sorrows shall be turned into joys. If we trust to him, the voices that have been raised in weeping will be heard in gladness, and earth's minor will be transposed by the great master of the music into the key of heaven's jubilant praise. If only we look not at the things seen, but at the things which are not seen, then our light affliction which is but for a moment, will work out for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And the weight will be no burden, but will bear up those who are privileged to bear it. End quote. Oh, man. I love it. The first time I read it, I kind of skimmed and scanned it and a few lines jumped out. The second time I read it, preparing to read it for this podcast, I bawled and I couldn't quite get through it. Now, the third time I was a little, I, I was more composed as I read it, but it, it's really worth listening to again. There's such encouragement there, such encouragement. As we suffer in our earthly journeys, we have Christ. You remember he was called the man of sorrows, right? We have Christ. We have his mind the mind of Christ. We have his mindset, the mindset of Christ. Look him up. They're in our Bibles. We have him to lead the way. Paul wrote to the Romans this. He said, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. End quote. Suffering is a critical component to our maturity and development as Christians. Yeah, who wants to sign up for it? You know, raise your hand if you want to sign up for suffering. None of us. None of us do. But yet we're called to suffer. We're called to be like Christ. And it's a part of every earthly journey. Now, it looks a lot different for each of us. But the idea here is we really want to watch our thoughts. And we want to make sure that our thoughts are turned to God's truth. What does he say about suffering? What does God say about himself when we're going through a trial or a hardship? And what does he say about me? He loves us too much to leave us on our own. He gives us a great comforter to help us walk through those times. I always like that verse and I look at the progression of all of those, you know, it goes from suffering, perseverance, character, then hope. We suffer, then we persevere, then we see our character refined, and then we find hope. Jesus suffered the cross. He endured it for the hope and the joy that were set before him. 
So today, if your thoughts are pulling you down and you think you just can't continue in your suffering, remember Jesus and be encouraged that your suffering is not in vain. Your joy will come in the morning. Sorrow will be transformed and there before you will be a bright new day. So accept it. Allow yourself to go to that next step in your grieving process and to find joy. So as we close out, let's listen to this lovely Psalm 30. Psalm 30, the NASB version. I will exalt you, Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my enemies rejoice over me. Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you healed me. Lord, you have brought up my soul from Sheol. You have kept me alive, that I would not go down to the pit. Sing praise to the Lord, you, his godly ones, and praise the mention of his holiness. For his anger is but a moment. His favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. Now as for me, I said in my prosperity, I will never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain to stand strong. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called, and to the Lord I pleaded for compassion. What gain is there in my blood if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be gracious to me. Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing for me. You have untied my sackcloth and encircled me with joy. That my soul may sing praise to you and not be silent. Lord, my God. I will give thanks to you forever. And this is the word of the Lord. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Thank you so much for tuning in. And say, if you like what you hear, please consider sharing this link to the show with a friend or a family member who you think might be encouraged by the inspiring and hope-filled messages that I try to put out every single week. So thank you so much for your support. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Chao.